Hey everybody, welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly. We are a fan podcast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm Kennedy Hawk, one of your hosts, and I've got three other hosts with me today. I've got Adderkop, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Going swell. We we got everything, we got everybody here, so that's that's a good, <laughs> a good sign. We've got Crimson, how's it going Crimson? I'm good, pretty good today. Pretty good. You've been playing a lot of Nebula to prepare for today, hopefully. Played a little bit. <laughs> oh, not the Nebula villain, the hero. Don't worry. Uh oh. <laughs> and we've got Drax's champion, aka Americano. You go last now because you're not first in alphabetical order anymore. <laughs> All right. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. So we are back doing another hero pack roundtable. So today. We're going to talk all about Nebula, but first we've got a couple things to do right up front. So first we're going to look at the Marvel Champions news. All right, so yeah, so for news, um, some some news on the North American front. The Mad Titan Shadow is now shipping to the North American players if you ordered it from somewhere in North America instead of shipping it overseas. So check your orders check your emails for that um hopefully you're getting it in your hands soon if you don't or check your local game stores see when they're getting them um, because those are there have been sightings in the wild here in north america um and um fantasy flight posted i believe it was in the, within the last week the vision article so the new hero um that's gonna be released after valkyrie uh assuming that the announcement order is the correct order of the release. Um, the vision is after Valkyrie and they posted an article and Kennedy Hawk did a video um, talking all about the cards that were revealed in that article. Um, vision is protection, a protection precon and looks to be pretty cool with some Android support, some Android tribal stuff going on there. So go check it out. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for him. Next up, we've got our MCM matchup. So we are closing MCM matchup number two. So I thought I'd rattle off some stats. This was the one created by Americano, so you can blame I, him. I want to apologize before you get into the stats, because that was harder than I th- anticipated it being. If, if it makes you feel better, we had 136 games played, which is more than MCM matchup number one. So the difficulty of Red Skull with Doomsday Chair and Galactic Artifacts did not sway people, or people lost a lot and they felt like they had to keep playing <laughs> until they won. I'm not sure. Um, just some general information about it. The win rates for the community in those 136 games was 47%, almost 50% win rate. How does that That's feel? Pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Compared to the games I played, that feels pretty good because I was not <laughs> helping that 50%. Um, in standard, the win rate was 53%, and in expert, the win rate was 36%. And no poor souls even tried to play heroic this time, which is probably smart of them. As a community, guess how many times we built beat Modoc? Because one of the things you could fill in on the form was how many times did your team defeat Modoc? Zero. <laughs> 75 Modocs were defeated among these oh. 136 games. Jeez. The highest game, someone killed Modoc six times, and I don't know what they were thinking. Um, it definitely wasn't me. 
but I think I know the person who it was based on their story, and maybe I'll ridicule them on Discord. We'll see. I just ignored him. <laughs> That's what I did, too. Um, it didn't always help me to ignore him, at least an expert, but it, I tried to ignore him. Games were played with all four player counts. The most played heroes were Venom, Captain America, and Gamora. The least played heroes were Adam Warlock, Black Panther, Drax, and She-Hulk. So they were tied for 2-1. to one. The others had 14 to 21 games played between those others. Wow. So 21 games with Venom. People really like Venom, apparently. People were bringing out the big guns with Venom and Captain America. They yeah. had to defeat the Red Skull. People love really funny story. Oh, go for it. If you've got a problem to solve, I mean, those are the guys, right? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange. Nebula worked for me. We'll get into that, but... There were lots of funny stories in here. Um, most all of them revolved around biomechanical upgrades ending up on the sleeper and people just rage quitting. Well, not rage quitting, but dying a painful death. <laughs> you mean flipping the table? Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. There were some people that said some choice words about you, but I won't read them on the microphone because that just sounds you, mean. You should, but then it will just be beep, beep, beep. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do a lot of bleeping out if we did that. But yeah, people seem to enjoy it. A lot of people posted it to YouTube. I know Tony Tails did and Board Game Lawyer and a couple other people. So check out mm -hmm. some YouTube posts because um, you can watch people's playthroughs. And some of them even won on their playthroughs. So definitely check that out. It's always fun to see that. It's fun to, to see what everyone's playing and see what, you know, just it, it gives everybody something to talk about for two weeks. So it's a yeah. good time. Does anybody want to tell a story about their game? Yeah, I played, I'll, I'll briefly mention it because I, I don't want to get too much into it, but I, I had five of Nebula's techniques out and triggered five of them at once, and that helped me win the game. So that was fun. That's sweet. It was it was pretty awesome. When you're uh when you're resolving your techniques, what do you do? Do you like pull them all off of her and put them somewhere so you can resolve them in order? Similar to like, do, do you do like Wakanda Forever the same way, where you like lay them out and, and point to them? How do you how do you resolve them? Like like physically on the board? Yeah yeah yeah. I just I, I discard them. Okay. Okay. I, they're they're in a row. The way I play it is I have them in a row, a different row than the rest of my upgrades and everything. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as I resolve it, I, if I need to visualize it, I'll like push them up maybe and and see the order I want to do it. Does that, if that makes I, sense, like yeah, that's why I ask. That's that's how I do it for uh, Wakanda Forever. You know, I I grab all of my upgrades and I lay them out in the order that I want them to sequence. Just because you know, like I'm I'm visual. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are very visual, so I'm sure they do the same thing. Which I'd be interested to know um, how yeah. you lay out your your stuff like that. With her, with her, I just I, I haven't needed to like push them up very very frequently. I just discard them. But because five was a lot, right? That's not very. That wasn't common for me. But right, right. I played. We tried to win with Hawkeye and Black Widow, because those are our two favorite heroes to play. We tried an expert and lost horribly. Like, I'm pretty sure someone died turn one, and then by the end of turn two, we had MODOK and Sleeper out, both with biomechanical upgrades, and we said, this is a bad plan. Who, so then we said, okay, we'll try on standard, and we died like turn three and four, instead of turn one and two. Um, which seems bad. So then we brought Captain America and Captain Marvel on standard, and we walloped. So that was... A little bit of cheating, but it's okay. We won in the end. 
Not cheating. No way. Do you want to um, do you want to share with the class who died first on turn one? It was the character that flipped, so it may have been Hawkeye. I don't think it was turn one. I think it was turn two, because it was we were trying to leave Modok out there, and I was like, I can take a hit from Modok, and then I drew an assault from Red Skull, and he smashed my face for a lot of damage. <laughs> okay, just asking. Just asking. I, I know some of our listeners probably care. Um, they probably do. So I, was, I just thought I'd ask. Well, I know I'm, it wasn't Miss Marvel. Yeah, Miss Marvel was not as popular this time. Only 12 games. Yes. All right. Well, that's the stats for last week's or last episode's matchup. So I think Addercop's going to pick MCM matchup number three. And people are eagerly waiting for this in the Discord. So I might type it up like while we're recording and post it. Yeah. What do you got for us, Addercop? So um, I batted around a few ideas based on like some comic stuff, but we're missing pieces like here and there. Um, There's one that I want to throw out there. Uh, later down the line um, for you, Americano, but I'll wait and I'm hoping that we get this character. Um, Obviously, I leaned heavy into the Hydra stuff and I'm like, oh, you know, let's do this and this and this. And and then I was just building Rise of the Red Skull scenarios. And I was like, oh, well, that's not interesting. So um, I took a look at at last week's um, after I came up with this one. And obviously we kind of overlapped uh, because I want to use MODOK too, right? Because you get the opportunity to throw things at the community and you first think, hey, MODOK, right? Um, With that said, because we killed so many MODOKs last week, um, I I swapped out the Doomsday Chair. So you're welcome, everybody, in advance. Um, But I promise that MODOK will come back. Uh, However, I did stick to my guns a little bit. So anyway... Here's where it goes. Um, this week, we're going to be playing uh, Arnim Zola, the, you know, the real boss of Rise of the Red Skull, along with the Temporal set and uh, the Band of uh, Pirates. So we have a bunch Space of upgrades. Pirates? Space Pirates, yes. I'm sorry, I confused Band of Badoon, which was like neck and neck for the vote there. So space, we're using Space Pirates because Space Pirates is mean. Um, and then we have our small, relatively small minions in the pirates. We have our medium minions in the uh, Arnim Zola um, signature stuff. And we have our big minions with the temporal set. And also some even smaller ones. So we have our, our T-Rexes at the top end, our yep. tiny temporals at one end, and then everything in between that they can all get upgrades from Arnim Zola. So... <laughs> Does um, Zola have upgrades that like attach to the here to the minion with the highest hit points or like with the highest attack or so. something like that? Yeah, yeah. So um if you have the big minions out, they'll jump on those ones. So we might get a giant cybernetic time traveling Tyrannosaurus Rex, which seemed seemed like the perfect end goal. And if you do get that to happen, um send us a picture of it. Oh well, yeah. Pictures or it's not real. Yeah, I'd like to see the biggest, <laughs> meanest T Rex possible. <laughs> Let's so what you're saying is you don't think people are sick of space pirates yet? No, not like this. No, I think they're going to have a lot of fun because they're fighting space pirates. They're fighting um, ancient Egyptian warriors. They're fighting dinosaurs. They're fighting um, Belgian Nazi scientists. And, uh, you know, mutates from a completely different dimension. No point in Earth's history. So it's got a little bit of everything, like literally. 
I see what's happening. You're favoring aggression players, but we'll allow it. Okay. So <laughs> Just get in there and wrestle. <laughs> Zola with Temporal and Space Pirates. And Zola always comes with two sets. Is that true? Um, he has the Mutates, and he has... Well... Is it I'm pulling him up right now. Let's see. Yeah, he has... It? Uh, it says one modular. It says yeah. It should just be one. You got me second guessing myself. Okay, so you're putting an extra modular in to to yeah, the deck a little bit. To, okay, yeah, we're doing give him more to give him more minions. This targets. is way off course. I don't know what's happening. Okay, yeah. I'm excited. I can't wait. We're doing yeah. We're doing two to give him extra bodies to make sure there's always bodies for. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be playing Thor. <laughs> I expect to see a space pirate riding a dinosaur by the end of this. <laughs> Let's see. He has the tech attachments. Um, with the most remaining hit points, he has one that attaches the minion with. Um... Oh, there's a couple that have the most remaining hit points, and so a little dealer's I... choice. I think that's all what they all go on. Wow. Well, okay. okay. We won't spoil that's... it too much. Well, uh... so yeah, it's, there's going to be some pretty upgraded minions in there so good luck be prepared. that's all we're saying yeah <laughs> all right mad doctor next? the mad do doctor write, do we write show notes for this week what are we even are oh, we doing nebula today that's right yeah yeah we got we we have uh hold on a second let me check here yeah we have we have a new sponsor this week oh, really yeah Sweet. we got a new sponsor um i sent you guys the lines to read right totally i'm ready i'm ready Hey, you can cut that out, right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> He's saying it. He's not going to. Don't trust him. <laughs> All right, here we go. Have you ever had trouble setting up your new TV remote control? Have we got a Nebula for you? My kids are always complaining that they want the newest Nebula, but where can I get one? Head on over to Nebula's Nebula stockpile. Just fly on out to nowhere. We're at the corner of Neb and Ula Street. We have nebulas for every situation. I wanted a bigger challenge in my game, but Nebula's Nebula Stockpile has the perfect one. They sold me a copy of the Galaxy's Most Wanted expansion, and when I played against the Nebula villain, well, believe me, I'll never ask for a more challenging villain again. I can't even imagine a more challenging one. The store owner even threw it a free can of Surge and said, you're going to need it, kid. Thanks, Nebula's Nebula Stockpile. I can't get enough of strong attack and thwart events. Also, you know me, I'm kind of a penny pincher. Well, fear not, Nebula's Nebula Stockpile sold me two Nebulas for the price of one. In the Grimora Hero Pack, I got a Nebula Ally and a Nebula Minion. What a bargain! Thanks, Nebula Nebula Stockpile. Mm, you all don't understand. I play this game for the heroes. No one cares about the villains. Uh, despite what some other people might say. Uh, and especially the allies. What am I, a leadership player? I'm all about heroes. Luckily, I was able to pick up a Nebula hero pack, filled with 15 Nebula signature cards. She's quite a technical character, but totally worth it. Thanks, Nebula's Nebula stockpile. Go head on down, or you can find us at www.nebulasnebulastockpile.co.neb. We have all sorts of nebulas, and who knows? Maybe more to come. Maybe a nebula support. Hey guys, I tried going to that website, and it just it says the domain's available. I don't think that this is a real sponsor again. 
I think someone's just trolling us Americano and you keep making us read these scripts. So I guess if you wanted to troll us with more fake commercials, you could send them to our email at marvelchampionsmonthly at gmail.com. Or if you wanted to support the show, you could go to patreon.com slash mcmpodcast. You can check out the different tier levels we have there. We have a bunch of different reward levels. But today we wanted to thank a couple of our patrons. So Mark S., thanks a lot. Garrett W., thanks a ton. And Alan L., thank you as well. So... I guess until we get a real sponsor, we'll just keep plugging the Patreon and, and then maybe someday someone will take pity on us. We'll see. But now, back to the show. I think Crimson should overview the Nebula for us because I don't know that Hugh liked it. Did you like her? I, I actually was very... Okay. I thought I was going <laughs> to hate her guts. Everything about her made me want to just well, die inside. You know, losing... Losing cards is not how I like to play. But yeah, I, I actually had a great time. I'm laughing so hard because he's like, we should have Krim do it because Krim hates it. And then Krim's like, oh, I didn't hate it. And instantly not interested in having him do it. <laughs> well, it's fine. It's fine. I just know that we, what you said earlier. That's because you said that you had mentioned that before. Yeah, I, I really don't like losing cards. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Why would I pay cards to be in play and then they not in play? That sounds terrible. I paid cards for those cards. I better keep those. Save all these funny lines for when we talk. All right, let's go. Let's go. Today's main topic is the Nebula Hero Pack Roundtable. So I think Americano just volunteered Crimson to overview what Nebula is all about. Improv. Uh, you play stuff and then it goes away. What was that? Was that good? Did, did I do a good job there, guys? I mean, I understood what you were saying. 100% awesome. I rock. You did a job. Okay, so Nebula is actually quite a unique hero in her way, so I'm just going to read her front and back side card real quick. Um, hand size, 6, hit points, 9. A little low on the hit points, you really feel it, but that's life. Uh, 3, recovery, she's an outlaw. Um, alter ego side, she has a response after you play a technique upgrade. Draw 2 cards, limit once per round. And then her hero side is a 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Great stats, love that stat line. Um, five hand size instead of six, pretty normal there. Uh, she has combat protocols, so force response. After your turn begins, resolve the special ability on each technique upgrade you control. Then discard each technique upgrade resolved this way. So you're going to play her techniques. Hopefully you at least play one while you're in Alter Ego, especially on the first, first turn. You're going to get that extra card. Um, and then at the start of the turn, if you have any in play, they're going to go away, but they're going to pretty much pop. They're going to do a special ability. So think of techniques as like a technique that stays in play for a turn, does a thing, and then it turns into like an event, and then just goes away. Um, she was actually very, I, I felt she was very fun to play, um, very unique, and I was totally really expecting to dislike her. But she has some very interesting cards in her kit that were really, really strong. That's a pretty good overview. The one thing I have to say about Nebula that I both loved and hated is that all of her cards are named after or like have similar names to the cards that are in her villain set, which just gives me terrible PTSD every time <laughs> I like draw a card. And I'm just like, oh, no, not lethal intent. So then I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is the good lethal intent. It's okay. Lethal for them this time. I like this. Lethal for them. Like, call the ambulance, but not for me. 
So what was everybody's favorite card from Nebula's set? Combat Ready. Combat Ready is a zero-cost event. It has Alter Ego action. Choose. Shuffle up to two technique upgrades from your discard pile into your deck. Or the other choice is discard cards from the top of your deck until you discard a technique upgrade. Put that upgrade into play and resolve its special ability. Um, and honestly, I used both of the both actions. I like that both actions are pretty viable. That's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it's. I mean, when I first when I first played her, I thought it was going to be just to discard cards to get that technique into play. Um, but I found myself using that that first one too, shuffling up to two tech. Yeah, I agree with you. It, and I think it part of it is because her technique upgrades. All of them only cost one. They're, I mean, they're not very expensive, right? If if her techniques were expensive, I would have thoroughly hated this this hero pack. Um, but because they were cheap, it didn't feel like I was losing as much when they went away. So you're getting you're like you said, you're getting that short term buff, and then you're essentially getting an event or triggering a whole bunch of events. The choice in combat really is really interesting, because if you discard cards from the top of your deck, you're at the whim of the deck, right? Whichever one comes out, you get to do. So I'm just going to quickly read the different specials that you could have go off. There's two that remove three threats. There's two that put out a stun or a confuse. Or there's one that puts out a stun or confuse. There's two that do four damage. One gives a tough. A couple of them look at the top of the villain deck. But like with that discard, you're not getting to pick which one comes out, so it might not be the one you need. Mm -hmm. But with the shuffling two in, you're getting to like seed your next three or four turns to like have the cards you need, which is something Nebula kind of struggles with. Like depending on what technique comes out, she might not be able to do the thing you need her to do. So that really compensates that weakness. And wide stance, which is the one that discards, looks at the top three counter cards and discard one of them, was really the MVP technique for me because. Multiple times they got rid of shadows. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's funny because every time I played wide stance and had it out there, it would like throw off. I, I'd have to remember if I was going to like the order of operations I was going to do because I had and like discarding a certain card because you discard one and then put the other two back in any order, right? Yeah. So if I was going to get an extra encounter card for whatever reason, like I had to pay extra attention to that, and I found that I wasn't good at doing that. So I just stopped playing wide stance. So which technique was your favorite technique? Obviously not wide stance, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that... I think evasive maneuvering to have that stun or confuse was super helpful. The The passive ability on it, which is, while in hero form, Nebula ignores the guard keyword, the patrol keyword, and the crisis icons. That's good for s some like scenarios. Um, specific villains. I'm thinking of um, like the the Badoon. Yep. That were like that. They have a lot of patrol and, and guard, or a lot of patrol. Right? I wish there would have been more um, evasive maneuvering. But but that that one that one was the one that I was <laughs> I would love to get out. I I played it every time. Um, because in my opinion, Nebula is a flipper. She's yes. uh, the way I've been playing her. She likes to flip. I, I mean, what? Yeah. I was I don't know that I was flipping every turn, but pretty much every turn. Right. I was using the flip um, to keep my technique cards. Right. Right. And and so evasive maneuvering, I could do that and, and stun or I could confuse the villain to to buy me some time too if I wasn't playing justice, for example. So anyway. That that was that was my card of choice. Right. 
My favorite one was Unyielding Persistence. It gives her plus one thwart, plus one attack, and stalwart. So if you play this, it discards Thunder Confused from you, which is, like, awesome. Um, and then the special is that it gives her a tough status card. So, like, everything on that card is just solid and good. Yeah, that is good. That's a good um, value right there. Addercop? Yeah, mine is uh, Cutthroat Ambition, actually. So it's kind of cool that we all lined up into something different with no overlap. Um, I like that you get piercing and overkill, um, especially, obviously, like in aggression, because you have a lot of big turns that can be really messed up by a single guard minion or, uh, I mean, even just a minion you need to deal with um, or a tough status token. And then the special being uh, remove threat, it lets you stay on track. Um, especially like in solo play, removing three can be pretty, I mean, three is a significant amount, but even, especially in solo, it's it's pretty big game uh, that when it drops, you can remove the, the three threat and just say like, all right, cool, well, I'm going to keep I'm gonna keep hammering away damage. I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, so Cutthroat Ambition, while Nebula is in hero form, her attacks gain piercing and overkill, special, thwart, remove three threat. I really like that it gives your like event attacks overkill too. So you, any big event you play from aggression, like you said, now has overkill, which is so. So the weapons master is while in hero form, Nebula gains retaliate one, and then her special on there is an attack, deal four damage to an enemy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that can trigger. You can trigger that while in alter ego, right? If there's a way, isn't there a way to trigger? Um, yeah. Well, the combat ready when things come into play right. will trigger a special. And then Nebula's signature ally is Gamora. She's three costs, two thwart, two attack, three health. Response after you play Gamora, choose a technique upgrade you control and resolve its special ability. So you can play Gamora while you're sitting in Alter Ego form and choose one of these to resolve if it's in play. But you could technically attack while in Alter Ego with Weapons Master. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, one really technical thing, no pun intended, or maybe intended, that you can do with Nebula, although maybe you don't get to choose doing it, is uh, the way her forced response works is after your turn begins, resolve each special ability on each technique upgrade you control, then discard each technique upgrade resolved. So if you're confused and they try to make you resolve that thwart, the replacement effect skips it, so you don't have to discard Cutthroat Ambition because you are confused. Um, so fun. stun and confuse almost don't even totally hurt her because they let her linger with her techniques for longer and, and keep that passive and it would ability really so not confused. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it removes the stun and confuse better, for yeah. free, and then you get the the ability for longer. Um, because that's really her downfall, right? Kind of like Hulk. Anytime you see forced response on a hero, you're like, hmm, this is something I don't get to choose. Right, Hulk makes you discard your hand. She makes you blow up all your techniques at the beginning of the turn. So you both mentioned flipping down is one way to control that. Um, pretty much the only way to control that. Or just never flipping up, but that puts on a lot of threat. So it's it's a little difficult. So Stalwart, you can't be stunned or confused, right? Yeah. So she's got a lot of ways yep. to get rid of stun and confuse then. I mean, her, her passive hero ability and then unyielding persistence. Yeah. Without having to, yeah, okay. That's pretty power. I, I mean, that's pretty cool. That's 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 definitely unique for the heroes that we've seen so far. So the main thing we didn't talk about is lethal intent. Does anybody want to read that card? Yeah, I'll read it. Lethal intent is an X cost of event. Uh, hero action: choose up to X technique upgrades you control. Resolve each of their special abilities in the order of your choice. So yeah, if uh, 
I mean, if you have a lot of a lot of them up the, out there, and you want to trigger them before that hero ability, your pass, your hero combat protocols triggers it. It's like the next turn. Uh, you can get some pretty big bursty turns with lethal intent, and then, or I guess back to back turns, right? If you have lots of um, techniques out there, which is what I was referring to earlier. I had five techniques out there, and actually the turn before I had played lethal intent on and triggered four of them um and two of them were weapons master so i was able to deal a ton of damage in those two turns to to defeat the villain which is yeah one thing i've found is people get really stuck on trying to like lethal intent with like five technique upgrades out but even with just one technique upgrade out even with uh weapons master out you're paying two resources to do four damage, which is like the same damage ratio as swinging web kick, but half the cost. So if you have two weapon masters out, you play three total resources to do eight damage, which is just bonkers. So even doing this with just one upgrade is like totally worth it. Like a stunner confuse for one cost, clutch. Really good. Right? A tough, tough counter for one cost, probably like the best costing you're going to get that's not Doctor Strange. So. Lethal intent can be really strong, even if you're only spending one resource on it. Don't feel like you have to pour three or four resources. And often it's not like optimal to pour three or four because you don't need to trigger that, and you could be building board state elsewhere. Yeah, I should I should clarify. That's the most I've ever done. Um, it usually it was only one or two, um, but I was really rushing to to defeat the villain because I was playing in aggression and I was not anticipating you know, any, um, advances coming. So I just wanted to, to rush them. Thinking man's aspect. What was that? The, the thinking yeah, man's aspect. It, th exactly. I was definitely thinking <laughs> while playing aggression and it was actually, uh, it was actually against Zola. I played her against Zola. Mentioning aspects. What's everybody's favorite aspect with Nebula? Justice. Why? Because it's justice. Well, I, I, I agree. Justice is my favorite aspect of that. But it's because it has lots of confuse and it lets her flip, right? So when you can take away the danger of flipping, I like justice. I mean, yeah, it's justice. That's all the, that's all you need, right? Um, yellow cards are best cards. Oh, yellow is yucky. No, I, I think justice was good. I, I, I preferred aggression in her, for her, actually. Um, throw in a bunch of Guardian's allies get that thematic deck in there and upgrade her attack. So she was swinging for you know with God Slayer and which is oh, let me pull up God Slayer. Anyone know what that card says? I think it's you exhausted to add two to the character's attack when they're attacking a, a unique, unique enemy. enemy and then a hand cannon, which is it has three uses and it's if you get rid of a use, it's plus two attack and it's like piercing or something, or, or overkill, I don't remember. So, it gives overkill. Um, using those upgrades, I was able to, I mean, easily get her attack to seven with her technique that was, adds plus one to her attack yep. um, on yielding persistence, which, is, which was a lot of fun because tough didn't matter at that point. Um... You know, the overkill minions didn't matter. Like, if they were guard minions, I could hit them, which was really helpful in my experience when I played Zola, because Zola has that retaliate one. 
So, I mean, she was just able to to mow through them, and it was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, so, it, yes, I was still flipping, which was kind of weird, flipping in an aggression deck. Um, but I was it it was <laughs> counterintuitive to the way I've played before with aggression, right? But, um, what was the one the the one that lets her um center confuse evasive maneuvering right that 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 card came in clutch because i was able to confuse and go into to build up my hand um anyway to to get those cards that i needed for for those big bursty turns and i thought it was a lot of fun what about you adder cop what was your favorite aspect um, I totally agree with Americano that aggression is my favorite one here. Um, not just because that's typically my favorite, um, and not because red cards are best cards, uh, to <laughs> paraphrase. Um, <laughs> but because in aggression, uh, a lot of the techniques give her outs to a lot of common um, aggression problems, right? Like uh, guard minions or crisis icons or being stunned or anything like that. And not only that, whether you're set up with techniques or um, you're opening your turn with techniques in hero form, it gives you really, really explosive, versatile turns to clear up your problems, right? You can fire off a couple of thwart threes. You can fire off uh, two two sources of four damage before you even begin to start using um, your hand, you know? Uh, there's a lot of really, like, high leverage uh, sequencing that can happen. And she just, she literally like does it all and has an out for everything. And that's, I like, I like having that and then having the extra 25 cards of what I want to do um, in like an interesting way, right? Like it's a bunch of minor decision points. And I think that's, that's great. That's super good. I had her in protection quite a bit. And that was like my second favorite aspect because I think the weapons masters giving her retaliate one you can get her up to retaliate two in protection which can be super fun and there's a lot of cool flippy protection cards like perseverance to keep throwing toughs on her and there's that guardian card that gives you tough so she was just like a tough spamming machine it still struggles a little bit because you really want to flip as nebula but you can use combat ready to like keep putting weapon master back into your deck so that you're like almost consistently at retaliate two um, I wasn't going crazy with Dauntless or anything, but I had energy barriers and stuff like that. So it was it was pretty fun. I enjoyed Nebula Protection more than I thought I would. Yep. I really liked that, like you said, the having the Weapon Masters out and just getting auto damage at the start of your turn, that really helps Protection like push to the victory because they don't have to worry about, well, how am I going to get damage out of these green cards? They just have it happen for them without paying extra resources on their turn. So that was cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So Nebula came with Justice cards. Oh, yeah. A bunch of them. So what is everybody's favorite new Justice card? I, I, I can't. I can't. No, there's two. There's two. I got to do two. But you go last. I'll, I'll, do, I'll do my two last. <laughs> okay, you go yeah. last. Yeah, go last then. I'll go okay. first. Um, one way or another yes. is an amazing card. It completely changes the way Justice plays. If you haven't put this card into the deck yet, you need to go do it. Don't play it against Red Skull because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. But um, anyone with side schemes. So it's zero cost event, max one per round. Search the encounter deck for a side scheme. Reveal that side scheme and draw three cards. Mental resource. 
a zero-cost card that draws you three cards. Yes, it brings a side scheme out, but you're good at removing side schemes because you're justice. Yeah. Like, I've played this card. Like, I might have to buy a second copy of Nebula because I think I'm wearing this card out because I've played it so much, and she's only been in my inventory for a month. This um, card has let me play the five-cost Spider-Man so many times. I've I've been playing Justice Thor, and it's like my new favorite. It might I might like it more than Hawkeye. I'm not lying. Insane. That deck is insane. It's it's just ridiculous. It feels so like Reckless Thor. We were playing it in Mad Titan Shadow, and it was really fun. But we you could imagine playing it in a scenario where there are like the galactic artifacts and things that uh, provide a benefit on them. So you'd play one way or another. You'd draw three cards. Go find whatever side scheme helps you the most. Maybe like uh, Temporal has the side scheme that like summons a minion, right? Because Thor likes that. So then you clear the area and defeat the side scheme and draw a bunch of cards. A minion comes out and you draw even more cards. There was a game I played where I got down to like 20 cards in my deck, turn one with Thor. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. And it's all because of one way or another. Like, I don't, I can't, I've been asking for like a side scheme summoner since uh, Thor came out and we saw the minion summoner. I think since before then, since Followed came out and we were like, man, Followed would be really great if you could consistently get side schemes. And now I'm just, I can't imagine a better version of it. This one's just so good. Are we going to get like a an aggression card that does the same thing, but goes and gets minions? Like action, not like discarding, like searching like this. I don't know. That, I mean, being able to search and pick the side scheme is what makes yeah. this good. If you were at the whim of what side schemes on top, it's real bad. Yeah. How many times are you going to pull out an immortal claw from it? If, if, if it was discard until you got it, it would, oh, it'd be rough. And it gives you a lot of information, too. When you're playing as Thor, you know how many times I'm playing as Thor, and I'm like, I wonder if there's a minion left. Should I Defender of Nine Realms? Oh, now I can go look and pull a side scheme out and draw a bunch of cards so I can deal with whatever minion I bring out. Right. Um, this card's insane. Absolutely really cool. insane. Yeah. And not the just the draw three. Yeah, the draw three's great. Don't get me wrong. I'm, a, I'm an Ancestor Recall fanatic fan. It's one of my favorite magic cards, but... Being able to draw three is great, but being able to choose the side scheme and putting it down in play when you're ready for that side scheme is so powerful. We played this in one scenario, and someone was running Jessica Jones, and like we were just summoning side schemes and leaving them out there because we were drawing so many cards that it didn't matter. <laughs> and she was sitting there with some insane amount of thwart. God thwart Jessica Jones. <laughs> She's just pinging off the taking out each side scheme one at a time. Yeah, if people haven't played with her in a while, she's from the core set. She's an ally that gets plus one thwart for each side scheme in play. So it's like one plus eight side schemes is nine thwart on an ally. It's just, it's dumb. I just call that card God Thwart. Like, that's that's what I call that card. So good, though. If, if you're not playing Jessica Jones, even now, uh, I, I disagree with the way you're living your life. Um, my uh, my favorite card is is more of a wishful thinking kind of thing. Uh, I like Brains Over Brawn a lot. Like, I like the card. It looks fun. Um, I like that you can choose any enemy. Um, as it is right now, like, there's not a bunch of huge ways to get your thwart really high. Um, but I think as we get more and more into that, like, plus two thwart actions, things like that, um, we're gonna see more miles out of this card. I also really like the art. Um, I, th- I want to say it's it's Chris Samney art, which is one of my favorites. Um, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, please correct me. Um, 
Hmm? I was going to say, I think the ideal way to play this, for example, with Nebula, it is you can get her upgrade that's plus one. You have or her technique that's plus one. You have heroic intuition. So her, her thwart's going to be four. Now, if you're playing solo with her and you do a basic thwart because you've been flipping, for example, and you get all the, the threat off the main scheme, for example, and then you, you play this, I mean, how many times can a Justice player actually deal four damage with a Justice card? Right, two for four is two obviously four. a pretty good rate. Yep. Yeah, that's a pretty good rate. Yeah, if you can get two two for four consistently, it's very strong. I don't know how this works with making an entrance for um, Venom's pack. When your hero makes a basic thwart, it gets plus two for that thwart. After this thwart ends, some stuff we don't care about. But like, does that plus two count for the it's damage hard from Rain? Because it says hero response. So it oh, is a yeah. response. response. I think I think your thwart is gone at that point. That's a bummer. Yeah, it's. I, I want to see really cool things out of it. Basically, so if you if you're already doing really cool things with it, uh, in, let me know. Let us know. Email us. Tell us about it. I'd like to hear it. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just looking forward to the future with this card. All right, mine. My, my card is uh, Venom, Flash Thompson. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's a it's a really good justice card. I mean, he's a four four cost ally. Two thwart, three attack for four health. He takes two consequential on his thwart and takes two consequential on his attack. But his, in a guardian trait, his ability is when, while there is no threat on the main scheme, reduce all consequential damage Venom takes by one. To have a, a justice ally that can do three damage and only take one consequential, likely. I, I like the deck builds with justice where it's focusing on removing threat from the main scheme and getting a benefit. And this works really well in that. I mean, that fits. This is that archetype, and I mean, if you have four justice and some other stuff in your deck where you're able to to take care of the main scheme, you're playing Venom, and you're able to just will, just hit the hit the villain consistently and only take one damage, one consequential. My problem with Venom is he's really bad or really scaled poorly in multiplayer. When there's four people putting threat out there a turn. Sure. It becomes really hard to have an empty main scheme. I was laughing because we, we removed from the show notes for this one, what's your least favorite cards in the pack? And you guys just picked my two least favorite justice cards, Venom and Brains Over Brawn. So, good job. <laughs> we just did it for you. I'm so proud. Let me complain about them still because you, hey, you picked them. So. Hey, so, what do you think about Venom, though, in, in like a solo or even a two-player? I think he's okay. I think, I mean... Better than the other two. You're... Oh no! You're you're paying four for an ally that conditionally is as good as a typical ally. Just pay four for Daredevil and have a much better life. No, you're dealing so much damage with Venom. You're it's conditional, but you're gonna with Justice. You're gonna again with one or two players. You're gonna have zero on the main scheme very frequently. Maybe I'm too scarred from Galaxy's Most Wanted. Still, <laughs> probably. But- when, when and, I see something that is conditional, I expect it to be, like, <laughs> amazing. And instead, it's like, I'm conditional, and now I'm slightly above par. And let's be real, Wraith is actually should be, like, an aggression ally. It really should be. Yeah, he's... Or, or protection. He's decent, though. Like, I mean, it, it is a decent like, card. Like, no, I feel like he fits the spycraft theme that we had of canceling boost cards. Both protection and justice kind of have a specialty that, in that. Yeah, prote- I mean protection. I guess, it, yeah. So race another ally, three cost, one thwart, 
three attack for two consequential. When a boost card is turned face up, exhaust Wraith and deal one damage to him. Cancel the card's boost effect, which is like a really strong ability. Um, I still like Venom better. <laughs> really? And, and Eros yeah. is just amazing. I don't know. I've, I I've, did not like Eros. So I've recently come to the realization that the way I used to play Marvel Champions is I clear the board every turn, stabilize the board, and then only go for the villain when I can. And there are just some villains, like the ones in Galaxy's Most Wanted, where you can't afford to do that. You like have to figure out when do I, when do I tank this minion for a couple turns and just go for face, or wait until I have the opportunity to kill them. And Eros is really good for that because when he comes into play, you can confuse two minions. That lets you flip down without worrying about killing them first, um, which is something Justice players like to do, right? Flipping. Um, so I really like him for that. And two cost allies are just difficult to. So pick. Eros, Eros is a two cost ally, two thwart, one attack, once one consequential on each, two health, and his response is after you play Eros from your hand, confuse a minion for each mental resource you use to pay for him. So here's my question: Carol Danvers has those the three the resource card that has three energy resources on it, right? And Hulk has the the resource card with three. Um, physical resources. What if we get a hero that has three mental resources on a card? Professor X. Can you play an overcost? Can you play three, and even though he only costs two? So if you wanted to play Eros, you could pay six for him if you want, and confuse six minions. There's nothing saying you can't. Okay. Um, you can overpay for any card you want. Okay, so it doesn't have to be on a single card. Correct, yeah. So you can you can go crazy if you want. Actually, Reed Richards also might have Three. That's pretty. So I've really liked. Eros I mean, have you done that, man? <laughs> have you done that to, to confuse a whole bunch of minions? Over. I, I've I've actually done. I was just gonna say I've done it with Spider-Man. I confused three minions because I didn't have spider tracers and I needed to wait for them to show up so I could play them onto a minion. Um, so that let me flip down and keep those minions in play. I flipped down and drew six cards and drew into two spider tracers. So then I got to actually use them instead of having them just be. Dead cards in my hand. And with Spider-Man, you probably had a lot of mental resources in your deck. Exactly. So it's it's. I feel like he's like the equivalent of Spider-Girl in Justice. He throws a status onto a minion, which I used to value really poorly, but I'm starting to value it more and more. All right, Crimson, you get two. We well, said one well, of them already. Yep. Yeah, well, one way or another is by far just an insane one. The other one's Justice Served. That card is sick. Sick. Um... It costs one. It's an upgrade. Uh, max one max one per player. You can play it under any player's control, so you don't have to play it on your hero. You can play it on any hero. Uh, hero response. After you thwart and re remove the last threat from a scheme, discard this to ready your hero. So a lot of times you're getting those side schemes from one way or another, and then you're using Justice Serve to take them out and untap and then do other stuff. Um, anything that untaps... Heroes, I generally gravitate towards because it gives you more options. Um, and this one just just worked really well. I, I really enjoyed this one. It is a little bit more conditional, which is why I, I was leaning this one more towards my second and one way or another as the number one. But yeah, it's it's good. It's definitely give it a try. I, th I think it'll su surprise you more than you expect. But you have to discard it. Yeah, it's... It's didn't fun. you didn't you say you don't like discarding cards? 
I'm just, I'm just kidding. In general, but <laughs> think of this as more yeah, an, I mean, an event. You can, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a delayed. Yeah, yeah. It, I don't like discarding cards that give me a bonus while they're in play, and then having to get rid of them. <laughs> let's let's put it this way: it's it's a ready that's too cheaper than tenacity, so that's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's just better than tenacity. I'm sorry. Or, it is. It's easy to be better than the worst card in the game. Jokes aside. I, I don't know. Determination might be getting up there for a worst card in the game. Not a fan. I, I'm not a fan of these. The, the single. That's the card in here's pack, right? Was that, was, that in the, was that in this one only? Yeah, so Determination is max one per deck. It is a wild resource. Hero response. After you spin this card, remove one threat from the main screen. A uh, couple problems that I have with it is, one, it says from the main scheme. Uh, if it said from a scheme, that would uh, definitely increase its value, in my opinion. And since it's max one per deck, I, I, I think it should remove two thwart. I, don't, I, I think one thwart is just not enough. And th this is locked by um, crisis icons, right? Yep. Is it? It's, it's not a thwart action. But Crisis is you can't remove threat from the main scheme. It's not oh, that you can't thwart. There it is. Um, right. Yeah. So that would so patrol is you can't thwart the main scheme, right? Yeah. But Correct. Crisis Icon, this would lock that out. Well, I guess. I, I think they were trying to be safer than they should have been with this card. And I get it, like this card could have been broken had they not gone as safe as they went with it, but as a limit one per deck card, I think it needed to be better than what it is. You guys were all crazy about resourceful, and now you don't like wild on determination, huh? I don't know. It's different. It's a different thing. It's a different life. I love determination. Um, this was our spoiler card for Mad Titan's Shadow that's not out yet still, too. That's right. It was in Mad Titan's Shadow. That's right. Personally, these like one of resource cards, the way I see it is... Um, typically when I draw my hand of cards, I've got six to five cards, right? And all those cards could be a choice. So it limits the choices of the cards that I'm playing down to four cards instead of five. But when I spend this as a resource, like I get a bonus. Anytime I'm spending a resource that normally would just be blank, but instead it does something positive, that's like, to me, that seems amazing, right? I mean, obviously, if you could have four of these, it would be really good. Or two of these, it would be really good. But just having one, right, you can play... For Justice, using this card, it meets the triggering condition, and now For Justice removes five instead of four. I don't know. I, I like all of them pretty much. They, they seem really good to me. Yeah, but the limitation is the one per deck, so you only get to do it once. And yeah, so it doesn't impact you that much. It can't actually include it then. I'd rather have Resourceful and then next turn have seven or eight, you know, resources. Interesting. I, I'd rather save and bank. You'd rather save and bank. I'd rather get things done. Typical justice player, flip flopping for multiple delay delay of game. <laughs> All right, that takes us through the justice cards. Any off aspect cards that anybody wants to mention? Were there off as aspect cards? No, energy spear is pretty good, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say before we get too far, we have to talk about how amazing energy spear is. Energy Spear is a one-cost upgrade and aggression. Weapon traits attached to a Guardian ally, max one per ally. The attached ally gets plus two attack and piercing. That's ridiculous. It's pretty insane. I super underestimated it, having played it recently. In a rocket build, we strapped this on Bug and let him go to town. 
Yeah, we were playing one with a leadership player as well. So we got an inspired bug with energy spear and uh, whatever the laser blaster is from Star-Lord's pack. So yeah. bug was five base attack with piercing and overkill. And he didn't basically doesn't take consequential damage. And I'm just like, cool. Defensive training is amazing. Really? That card's gotten a lot of flack, so tell us why it's amazing. Um, any any card that lets you, you know, recur is good. I'm I'm sorry, but it's just. Have you have you played with it a lot yet? Like, have you found any cool combos with it? I've had any combos with it, but I mean, just being able to tap it, remove a counter, choose a protection event from your discard pile, and shuffle it back in your deck. When your deck gets really low, you're pretty much. Saying that I'm going to draw this card next turn or in the next two turns, and so I think it's pretty good too, and I think it's going to get way better. My my no. problem with it, and a lot of the arguments I've read online, are that first of all, it limits it to protection events, so you can't shuffle back in like multiple man or anything like that. Um, yeah. That being said, like you always want to draw protection events when you know they're coming, so it's really useful when your deck is empty. And then the other problem is that like. Most protection decks hate flipping because it's really hard to thwart as protection. Yes. So anything that's like an alter ego action as protection, it makes it really hard to like but swallow that pill. You're going to have to flip at some point. You are. Um, maybe. I don't know. I've seen a lot of protection Spider-Man decks that don't have to, right? So maybe this doesn't go with protection Spider-Man, right? I've played but... a lot of Drax protection that never flips. You literally just talked about a Spider-Man deck where you had to flip, so... Yeah, I mean, that was that was Justice Spider-Man. I mean, it was Justice, but yeah. And that, so, I mean, the other problem I have is you're basically just... Since this costs the, the card itself and a resource, you're going to get to shuffle two cards back into your deck, but, like, over the course of the game, you've added one cost to each of those cards, basically. You've just, like, prepaid that one cost. And that... I don't know. I mean, it also... It also slows down your decking out, right? Could it be better? Yes, don't get me wrong. It could be better. Could it allow you to draw the protection event instead of putting it back in your deck? That would have been better. But as it is now, I think it's fine. So I think so. Defensive training for me is it's similar to the what was that protection card that we got? Shoot, it was in Wasp that we got our spoiler card where it had an X cost. The courage. Yeah. Yeah, Muster Courage. I like the idea of what they're doing with these kind of cards. I'm not it, my. I like to play a lot more upgrades in a protect in a protection deck than than um, events. Um, I think there's a card coming out. I won't say what it is um, in Visions Pack that this would work really well with. Um, so go talk. Go go watch Kennedy's video on Vision and see if you can see what I'm talking about. But uh, th this shows there's 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 not just a strict develop uh, design with the cards like they're they're willing to go outside I think of of what the what we might consider to be like well that doesn't seem like it would be a protection card this is true That's but cool. but it doesn't it doesn't like this kind of card it doesn't seem to me like it's well, this is definitely should be an aggression card. It doesn't seem like that to me, if that makes sense. Like, it's it's opening up some avenues for protection, for example, but it doesn't feel like it's bleeding into any other aspects and and getting crossover or overlap that that dilutes that aspect. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I I would 
I would love to see this card in leadership instead of protection, 100%. But, yeah, I, I get it. it, it I almost kind of wish that this was a, a neutral. And it would just shuffle any events back in? or Any, any aspect of that. Now, I have a question. Yeah. Team up. Well, team up cards that say, like, Grimora and Nebula. It does not matter who controls the nebula as long as there is a nebula on the board, right? Sort of. So the way Team Up reads is you need to have Nebula and Gamora present as heroes or allies. So alter egos will not count. So if you have if you're playing with another player who's playing Gamora and she's in alter ego form, you can't play Daughters of Thanos until you both flip to hero form. So villains yeah. and uh, villains minions and minions not will count. not count. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. I was like, man, this this seems like it'd be really fun to run this against the Nebula villain. Do you have Gamora? Do you have to put them? Does it have to be a? Can you have both Gamora and Nebula out as minions or as uh, allies instead of having a, a hero? Or can you even put no, that in a hero? No, to deck? include it in your deck, you have to be one of the named characters. I still think the team up card is really good since both both Gamora and Nebula have the reverse, you know, the the other character in their deck. Yep. Um and it is straight up pay one to draw three cards. Now in Champions, that's technically pay two to draw three cards unless you have like a um Nebula ship out, which is amazing, we didn't talk about, or a Quinn carrier or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's card advantage. It's got to be good. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that you're a big um, Ancestral Recall fan. Yep, yep. And, uh, <laughs> this here it is. is the Ancestral Recall, yep. It costs one, draws you three cards. So yep. that's it. You got to love it. So just like Gamora, Nebula's Nemesis is her signature ally. Uh, it's a Gamora minion is her Nemesis set. Forced interrupt when this minion would enter play, discard Gamora ally from play. Um, after Gamora attacks and damages you, choose and discard an upgrade you control. Nasty. Now, now I'm not an art guy. You know, I'm a practical person who cares oh. about what the cards do. I, I oh. don't really care about what the art is on <laughs> I, a card. Am I being attacked without being named here? What's going on here? <laughs> but that is there. some of the best art I've ever seen. I knew we'd get you eventually. <laughs> that that does it for me. Also, that, that is what I what I want to see. That is. Art. Also, That's this Nemesis Gamora. set has some pretty like graphic art for the compared to the rest of the. I mean, caught off guards pretty pretty good, but like lethal weapon, lethal weapon, self preservation. Yeah, yeah anyway. definitely. Not that I'm saying I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's. Just, I'm just making a, an observation. Sure. Yeah. If you're playing with another person who's playing as Gamora, the side scheme self preservation is Nebula gets minus one to all her stats. And Gamora gets plus one attack in her attack scheme <laughs> piercing. And it like gives it to the other hero, which I think is hilarious. Um, or the funniest situation I've seen, and I've actually had this happen, is it shuffles two treachery cards into your deck, old rivals. When revealed, Gamora attacks you. So if the Gamora player draws that, Gamora like punches herself in the face, which I think <laughs> is... I don't know if that was a theme fail or a theme win. Wait, wait, wait. Say that, say that again. How does that work? So, so say you and your wife are playing Nebula and Gamora. You should do this. Have her play Gamora and see how this goes. Okay. Um, draw Shadows of the Past and get all the cards shuffled in. So the treachery card, Old Rivals, says, when revealed, Gamora attacks you. 
So if Gamora draws that treachery card, Gamora, the hero, punches herself. Because in the little insert, it says, like, if, if you're Nebula and you draw this card, the other Gamora hero will attack you and just deal her base attack to you. So Gamora can, like, attack right. herself. Okay. Which... Because it's, so it's kind of stupid. Specifically on there, it, it, it accounts for the Gamora hero attacking the Nebula hero, but it doesn't say anything about that theme of the Gamora hero attacking herself. Right. Yeah, it, it just attacks you, not Nebula. Right. It's whoever revealed it, right? So it's, <laughs> it's silly and funny, but... Oh, man. You. So what, what about Lethal Weapon? Like, if you have a Gamora hero... In your group, then oh, it attaches. If, if you reveal that lethal weapon, it's a one. It's an attachment that provides plus one attack. Yeah. That goes on to the Gamora hero. <laughs> nice. It's, so it's, it's going to give you a permanent. It's plus a big Gamora buff, but then she might punch herself in the face. So So does her? Can she? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Can, can she uh, dodge her own attack? I mean, she does. So, Technically, oh, in the rule book, if you read about defending, it says when a minion or villain attacks you, this is how oh, you defend. So, no. so like, oh, if you wanted a rules lawyer it, you couldn't defend, but I would rule that you could defend against your own punching <laughs> fist. Can you, when you, when you upload uh, this podcast, can you also upload the clip from The Office where Dwight is fighting himself? Yes, if you can find it for me, I will, Absolutely. will splice it. Absolutely. When he's like, how would you defend against your own attack? And he's like, oh, well, that's easy. Throat punch block <laughs> so in if you're playing nebula i'm glad i brought this up and you're all like i have so many questions no no right now. <laughs> what, what happens to the gamora minion does it go into the discard pile or does it not it, it doesn't enter it doesn't even become part of the game state because it has the um or like how does that work if the gamora hero is in play uh-huh i think if gamora hero is in play it can't enter because of uniqueness and then shadows will surge, but the side scheme and all the cards will get shuffled in still. Okay, but Gamora, but that three that three boost card of, of the Gamora minion won't even be in the encounter deck. Yeah, it makes playing them together really advantageous. You almost want to draw shadows if you're the Gamora. Well, I mean, it's it's fifty fifty. You get two really good cards for Gamora, and then two really bad cards for Gamora. So. Yeah, you guys are forgetting that, that the Nebula player still has to be the Nebula player and work at minus one across the board if you want to stay as plus one. Americano, if you if you came up and said, "Hey, I want to play a game of World Champions," and, and I wasn't like, you know, I didn't really want to play, and then you said, "I want to see if I can punch myself in the face," I'd be like, "All right, let's shuffle it up, let's go." <laughs> You'd say, "Why? Why do we need to play Marvel Champions for that?" <laughs> this is the kind of science I can get behind. <laughs> well, that's it for Gamora. Do we want to give her a grade? I think we did that last time. You mean Nebula? Oh, yeah, well, sorry, that's it for Nebula. We're really talking about the Nemesis set. That's all we care about here. We and did Enemy give. Spear. Yeah. We gave Gamora a rating. Cards. All right. Grades. Americano, what do you think for Nebula? Uh, are we talking power level? Talking whatever criteria okay, you want to define. I didn't like her at first, but she grew on me. I would give her an A-. minus. B. Easy A. Yeah, I'd say B plus, A minus in that range. No, she, she's above average, I think. She's not a Captain America, no. but who is? Right. Right. And and she's kind of dependent upon, I mean, she does have a lot of those techniques Aren't in her she? deck, but she's she's kind of dependent on which one you draw. Yeah, but that's it, the one thing we really didn't mention is her disadvantage is if you draw the wrong, like drawing a technique is great, but if you draw the technique that does a bunch of damage and all you need to do is remove threat, you're just like 
stupid deck. Right. But at the same time, like every hero is like that, right? If uh, if Captain Marvel yeah. doesn't draw into her thwart events, she's just like, oh, why can't I get the right cards? Oh, I draw 50 cards a turn, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, so that's, she's a little inconsistent to me for an A hero. So so go play Nebula and share your decks with us because um I like I like seeing everyone's the the different builds that they put out and and giving them a shot. So the best thing about playing Nebula is you don't have to play against Nebula then. Yeah. So it's, it's like you have won the game right there. All right, that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in 2 weeks.